Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. First, some programming notes. John Adias. Is in South Carolina with the volleyball team. Badgers will play South Carolina today, this afternoon, later today. So in his stead would be none other than the kingpin of the Wana Bowl, Gentle Ben. Is that a compliment? That's your new sobriquet. Okay. The All right. kingpin of the Wanna Bowl. That's a great movie, by the way. Just rolls <laughs> off the tongue, doesn't it? It does. What was a great movie? There was a movie named The Kingpin of the Wanna Bowl? Well, not The Kingpin of the Wanna Bowl, but Kingpin. The best bowling movie ever made. Well, that'd be. I'll accept that because I've never seen a, <laughs> a bowling movie. So this one, according to you, could be the best oh, based on what? Great. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess. What, what do you compare it to? That's true. There's nothing to compare it to, but it's a great movie. Mid 90s. Uh... Bill Murray, Randy Quaid or Dennis Quaid, one of the Quaid brothers. Awesome movie. Woody Harrelson, I believe, too. Good movie. How about The Big Lebowski? Oh, awesome. Dude. Isn't that a bowling movie? Uh, there's a scene in an alley. I don't well, that's think it's all based. It ne- yeah. That's all it needs is yes. one bowling scene, then we can call it a bowling that's movie. That's a good movie, too, though. Oh, man. All right, so besides uh, The Kingpin, uh, on today's show, we have Jim Osarski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Talk a lot about Vikings, Packers. 6.30 for Jim. Second hour of the show at 7.15. Sports columnist supreme, Tom Oates from the Wisconsin State Journal. Oatesy will be with us at 7.15. 7.30, Tom Hodricourt. Hods from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Talking Brewers, Cardinals, 7.30. And then we'll cap the day with the voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay, at 7.45. Now, I was always taught never ask a question when you already know the answer. But I'll ask this question of you anyways. Are you more excited about Vikings-Packers noon kickoff on Sunday or Cardinals-Brewers game one tonight? If excited is the word, it's Packers-Vikings. If nervous is the word, it's Brewers-Cardinals. But nervous is good, though, isn't it? Because it means it's a big event. <sighs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Would you come, have you come along to that now? Because I know earlier in the week, a couple of days ago, you were poo-pooing the, the, the old SOB crap you tried to deliver to us. I'm, I mean, I still have not bought well, you in. You still feel, the way, that, feel that way, but I'm, I'm just wondering, what are you looking most forward to? Packers-Vikings. All right. Without All right. a doubt. Without I mean, a doubt. That's, that's a natural in this state, right? Packers-Vikings. 
you know, and I still have so many unanswered questions about the Packers, which is Everybody why I does. think I'm more excited Everybody about that does. game. Everybody does. But think about this. Home field advantage should mean something. Packers would not only be 2-0, and oh, but both of the victories would be against division rivals. Right. right. I mean, you can't overlook that, Mm-mm. can you? Mm-mm. I mean, that's significant. It would be very significant. I mean, when's, why do you open a season against two division well, I don't know. It doesn't with. matter. But if you can do that, we'll talk much, much more yeah. about that with uh, Jim Osarski because there's some question about injuries, too. Um, I'll give you the headline. David Bakhtiari's uncertain status creates air of mystery on Packers' offensive line. It's very scary, too, your left tackle. Well, it is. Now, I, I've i got to believe he's going to play, that they're just being very careful with him this week to make sure that he can line up on Sunday. And you talk about, though, not knowing a lot about the Packers, and it's true because of what we saw or didn't see in the opener in Chicago. Well, how about the Vikings? Yeah, They they didn't have to show anything, really. So they just weird. Kirk Cousins just turned around and handed off the ball. He threw 10 times, I believe. Yeah, Yeah. 10 attempts. Well, you went down this path, and I know you hate this dude. Uh, the water cooler guy. Oh no! Yes. Well, you you open the door. The water the door. cooler is a good place to hang out in your office. I don't know why he despises dude so much? I mean, he really likes you. I mean, he <laughs> he would like to go to the water bowl if you no. invite him just once. We don't have water the coolers pit. there. We have yeah. beer coolers, uh, but so if you're standing at the water cooler later today, you mentioned Kirk Cousins. Against Atlanta last weekend, he was eight of ten for ninety-eight yards. I didn't realize until I looked deeper into the stats. He fumbled twice. Now the Vikings were he fumbled twice. Yeah. All right. So he was a handoff machine to Dalvin Cook, who had twenty-one carries for one hundred and eleven yards. But this was only the third time in the last decade that a quarterback in the National Football League had attempted ten or fewer passes. Think about that. Now. Here's your question, buddy boy. Can you name the other two quarterbacks? Oh, man. So let me rephrase. Kirk Cousins, 10 attempts. It's happened two other times where a quarterback in the National Football League in the last decade has attempted 10 or fewer passes. In both cases, they won. So in all three instances, they were the winning quarterback. Now, just one makes so much sense, so much sense. And I'm not going to get it. Oh, if man. I if I asked you to play Jesus Christ Superstar oh, right now, course. what would you it think would, of? Tim Tebow. Yeah. 2011, Tebow was 2 of 8 for 69 <laughs> yards and a touchdown <laughs> and a 17 to 10 win, all right? How do you go 2 for 8? 2 for 8. Well, game. Have you ever seen him throw? Oh, it's true. And the other, this one, this one, this one was mind-boggling. Mitchell Trubisky in no, 2017. Four of seven for 107 yards, and the Bears beat Carolina 17 to three. That doesn't surprise me, though. So there you have it. See, now Rookie that's something worthwhile to be at the water cooler today about, right? Vikings, Packers, but I, I'm sure people will be talking about Cardinals, Brewers, some more people so than will. anything else. Uh, I think we have to go back to really what I thought was the galvanizing moment in this winning streak. The Brewers have won seven straight. Uh, they lose. Uh, well, a week ago today, we were sitting here. Bemoaning Kyle Schwarber's grand slam and thinking the season was over, correct? It was mm-hmm. like five out and it didn't look bright and you had three games remaining with the Cubbies. It just didn't feel good, did it? It felt like the season was over. The Brewers were toast. Yep. 
Well, they won on Friday. And then I thought the pivotal game in this entire stretch was game three against the Cubs in Milwaukee on a Saturday night. And this is how it ended. 2-2 game, ninth inning. And Yelich down the left field line. Schwarber on the run. Can't get it. Bounces off the wall. Here comes Austin. And he's going to score. The Brewers will rock it off tonight. Christian Yelich delivers again. 3-2, Brew Crew. Maybe when we look back, or right before the World Series parade in Milwaukee, the as the champions are honored in the city of Milwaukee. What we'll year probably, is that happening? We'll probably look back on this moment <laughs> as being the, the defining starting point for the late season run. You are crazy. Now, now listen now. Uh, if I'm going to refresh your memory. My memory. Hader came in with the bases loaded and nobody out in the top of the eighth inning. Uh, walked Rizzo, but limited the damage to just one run. So the Cubbies were up two to one. And then on the first pitch at the bottom of the eighth, Gasmani Grandal homered over the left field wall into the bullpen against David Phelps. So it's a tie game. And then we saw the setup for the heroics, the Yelich heroics. Tyler Austin. Stone Cold Tyler Austin got on base. Addison Russell airmailed a throw from shortstop. And then it was a one and two count. Brandon Kinsley, your favorite relief pitcher. I know that for a fact. On a one two pitch, put it on the outside corner. And Yelly delivered with the butcher of left field, Kyle Schwarber doing circles in the dirt, in the turf. Don't you think that looking back on this game, it could be something for that'll be the legacy of these World Series champion Brewers? When you bring up names like Tyler Austin, it gives me even more reason to believe this is over for the Brewers. Oh, knock it off. Uh, council, it after, is. council after the game said it was the best game he had ever seen Yelich play. <laughs> oh, okay. And Yelich had he he walked three times and stole second base after each of the walks. Joe Madden, your guy, Joe Madden, the genius, said afterwards, "Otherworldly right now." That's how he described Yelich. Yeah. So how do you come back after losing that guy the rest of the year? They've already shown how you come back. We'll talk about the bit. Miami Marlins. We'll talk about it next on Lucas in the Morning. Due to launch one out of here. No balls and a strike. And a high fly ball to right field. Brinson going back at the wall and it's gone. Ryan Braun with a two run home run. You call it BA right there. You got that fastball right in his wheelhouse. Just everybody contributing, you know, up and down our roster. Everybody's contributing to us winning games right now. I think the bullpen deserves more credit than anybody else. They've just been phenomenal. We're asking a lot of them. We have a lot of depth out there. There's a lot of guys in the bullpen right now that feel like they're throwing the ball better than they have all season. So it's a recipe for success, I think. Uh, and we're confident. We've been in this situation before. We went through it last year. We played games that we felt that we had to win every day, and, and we're on another good run right now. Look, we got whatever we got left. It's uh, there, there's no, it's not a one-game season. It's a, it's 15 or 16 left. Um, you know, we're gonna have we got a lot of people around us, a lot of teams around us, there's teams ahead of us that still are within reach. Um, we keep shooting for that. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with the Kingpin Channel Ben, <laughs> uh, BA, Augie Doggy on the call, Ryan Braun, Craig Council on the comments. 
The Brewers, a 3-2 winner over the Marlins, who are among the worst teams in all of baseball. I, I, don't, I don't know how Don Manningly can oh, sit man. there and watch that crap. Yeah. Doesn't, I, I was thinking about that yesterday and maybe the day before and the day before and the day before. Here's like one of the classic dudes in all of baseball, right? Yeah. It's, it, with just a, such a pedigree, a Yankee pedigree. Yeah. And he has to watch that crappy baseball every day. If every I, day. If and I'm, nobody in the seats except Brewer fans. Right. If I'm him, I have to hope that I'm not just here for this rebuild, and then when they get good, they uh, let me go. There's already talk about that. Yeah, but maybe it would be putting him out of his misery. Maybe he <laughs> wants. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, you go from the L.A. Dodgers to the Miami Marlins. Yeah, you know? it's mind-boggling. All right, Oof. so Ryan Braun came up with the with the big hit yesterday. And again, he was wearing Yelly's jersey under his jersey. I, I think it's kind of cool. Right now, he the first night he did it, he went 0 for 4. That wasn't cool. No. Uh, but he hit a two-run homer, and that stood up. Um, Brewer pitchers retired the final 18 yeah. hitters for Miami. Yep. Final 18. So they got they had uh, Ray Black in the fifth, Pomeranz in the sixth. Peralta in the seventh and eighth, and then Hader got his thirty-first save. So that's the formula that Ryan Braun was kind of alluding to. Um, it's you, you understand. I think you do understand the context for all of this. Miami's not very good, but you have to win the games against the teams that aren't very good. Because earlier this summer, the Marlins won two out of three in Milwaukee, which is very true. But we can't judge how this team is going to respond after the loss of Christian Yelich until the game tonight in well, St. Louis. Well, starting this series, yes, in St. Louis, yes. Uh, you mentioned Christian Yelich. I have a tweet of the day. Do you oh. know where that? Of course, that I s- do. Sound back. Okay, so this is Christian Yelich tweeting. Thank you to all those who have reached out over the last couple of days. It means a lot. Frustrating way for a season to end, but these things happen in sports. I will be just fine, and I'm looking forward to making a full recovery and supporting the boys the rest of the season. Uh, yesterday, David Stearns addressed Yelich's injury. Do we have that cut? We do have Mr. Stearns here. One second. I think what he did, too, is he he brought some perspective to the injury itself because there was some speculation yesterday. Well, well the Brewers get to... Late October, the World Series, there's Christian Yelich. He'll be ready. No, that's not the case. He's done for the year. Listen to Stearns. At this point, we got good news uh, on Christian. Based on the MRIs, the additional imaging we took uh, yesterday, the evaluations from our doctors, um, it looks like Christian will be able to avoid surgery. Um, If that is the case, the time frame of return is likely 8 to 10 weeks. Um, his leg will be immobilized for a while, and then there will be strengthening and rehab after that. We do not anticipate any long-term effects, which is the best news of, of all. That really is the best news of all. It is. I got caught yesterday. There was a headline that said, Christian Yelich out six weeks back for Game 7 of the World Series. So, of oh, course, I can, clicked on it. That's a trap. I did. I got trapped into it yesterday. I did. But I the did. fact that he doesn't have to undergo surgery is huge. Yeah. It's huge. So, six to eight weeks from now, you can live a normal off-season life again. Yeah. Whatever normal is for him. Uh, so they, they address the injury. The team will address the injury by its play, as you mentioned, on the field starting tonight in St. Louis. I looked at the matchups uh, for this series. Um, so tonight you have Adrian Hauser, who has pitched well against the Cardinals. And as to pre- previous starts, he was like, 
give up about two earned runs and 10 and a third against Adam Wainwright, who's pitched well over his last two games but has been up and down this year. So it's Hauser, Wainwright, Jordan Lyles, Jack Flaherty on Saturday, Chase Anderson against Michael Waka on Sunday. Yes. Waka has been bad all season long. He really has been. I just wish the series was against anybody other than the Cardinals. I really do. Well, I mean, I, I'll play the Cardinals a week from now. Or, you know, give me a Monday. I'll take a three-game Cardinals series. But just not right now. Let him get more games under the belt without Christian Yelich. I have a horrible feeling about the Cardinals. Well, you you would have that this year because uh, the Brewers have not fared well against the Cardinals, and especially in St. Louis, only 1-5 there, 7-9 and nine overall. Uh, but the, who's really feeling the pressure now? It's St. Louis, isn't it? Is it? I, do you look to St. Louis feeling more pressure than the Brewers are chasing? The hunted are Cardinals. The Cardinals are the hunted team now. Correct or not? Well, they are, but could either the Cubs or the Brewers chase him down for the Central? Well, okay. Let me just lay it out, and I don't want to, I don't want to confuse you with scheduling t- too much. Yeah. The Cubs salvaged their series in San Diego with a 4-1 to win yesterday. Uh, Hugh Darvish. Hugh Darvish struck out 14 and six gave innings. Up only, yeah, and only two hits in the six innings he's yeah. pitched, all right? So I, I jotted it down. Darvish uh, hasn't given up a run over the last 11 innings he's thrown since he missed a start because of forearm tightness. And since the All-Star break, he struck out 93 and walked six. And he walked, you know, and that's about 66 and a half innings. So he's he's been really, really good. The Cubs go home, start a 10-game homestand, yeah. all right? Three against the Pirates three against the Reds, four against the Cardinals. And then the Cubs go back on the road where they've been crap all season long, play three in Pittsburgh and three in St. Louis to end the regular season, all right? The Cardinals have the Brewers for three this weekend in St. Louis, followed by the Nationals for three, and then they go on the road to the Cubs for four, Diamondbacks for three, and then they close out with the Cubbies with that final three-game homestand. The Brewers play in St. Louis, and then come home for four against San Diego, three against Pittsburgh, go back on the road, close with three in Cincinnati, three in Colorado. So try to it's process all of that. four-game division lead, too, for the Cardinals. And with all the games between the Cardinals and Cubs, like you mentioned, I guess it is a possibility for either team to chase down the yes. NL Central crown. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I don't see it happening. I feel like come that's, Monday that's, morning. That's the, all right. That's the tone with Well, the, now, look, if they get swept in St. Louis, then a lot of people would – be in your corner on Monday morning. Though a week ago today, where were you? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot of people were saying the season was over, right? It's still over. No, it's not. It is. How can you say that, man? It's true. Dude, shake it off a little bit. I can't. I can't. It's the Milwaukee Brewers. This is what they've done to me my entire life. When Tom Hodricourt joins us at 730, first I'm going to... Tell him what you're saying now, and he's yeah. going to probably drive over here and punch you in the neck. I think he's going to understand where I'm coming from and where most Brewers fans do come from. We're used to this. We'll find out. 
Tom Hodricourt, 730. When we come back, though, we'll talk Packers-Vikings with Jim Osarski. That's coming up next on Lucas in the Morning. It's not just lay your ears back and, and go. Uh, with him because he's he's too dangerous when he gets out of the pocket. So we have to try to maintain our lanes, uh, and then we have to be tight on coverage. You know, he's he's very very good at getting the ball quickly out of his hands, um, getting it in the seams. He's got you know he's got a great arm, and he sees things very well. So um, you know he's doing a lot of checking at the line of scrimmage, and um, so um, you know we're gonna have to play really really good. Well, I remember I first met him at the combine and. And then was in a quarterback room with him for two years and learned a great deal from him. And then, like I said, I've really kept in touch with him probably even more than I thought I would, um, you know, through the years. So uh, I think the world of him as a person, as a as a coach, um, I owe a great deal to him when it comes to any production I've had in this league. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a unique deal that he's coaching our rival because in, in one sense you want to pull for him and root for him. On the other hand, you got to make sure that, that he doesn't one-up you. All right, so that was Mike Zimmer, Vikings head coach, talking about the game plan for Aaron Rodgers. And then it was Kirk Cousins talking about his relationship, his friendship, with Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Joining us now from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Jim Osarski. Jim's time is brought to you by Metro Ford and Metro Kia of East Madison. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good. Thank you. What do we know less about, the Packers offense or the Vikings offense? (laughs) Uh, Probably the... Probably the the Packers offense is because it's um, we, we didn't see it do a whole lot. I guess I mean the, the Vikings. What we know is is Gary Kubiak, which is one of Matt Lafleur's mentors. You know he's got a lot of connections there, as, as we just heard with Kirk Cousins. Um, they're going to run some similar stuff, and and we know Mike Zimmer wants them to run the ball. And while they didn't throw it very often, we do know who Kirk Cousins. Stephon Diggs, Cal Rudolph, Adam Thielen. We we know who they are. So I think for the the at least for us, um, ten throws or not, um, we know what they can do. At least with the Packers, um, you know, we know what Aaron Rodgers can do. But and Devontae Adams, <laughs> right? But right. Uh, everybody else is still kind of kind of new and finding their way to a degree. Well, how would you rate the Vikings' defense versus the Bears' defense? Are there similarities? Uh, I, I think the only similarity would be that you know you've got a lot of big names um, that that we're familiar with, um, and, and also similarities in that you know they're. I mean, you know those Bears guys have been you know Cleo Mack I guess is in the second year, Eddie Jackson's in the third, but they've been in the kind of the same system ish even with Pagano, whereas these Vikings guys have been, I think, with Zimmer, what, five years, this core. So I would say the similarities are veterans, you know, high-level veterans who kind of do what they do. You know, they're comfortable. They kind of know everything that they run and run very well. Packers have been listed as a three-point favorite. What gives them the edge? Is it home field or is it something else? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, that that sort of slim margin is definitely the the Lambo advantage, if you will. Even though, quite frankly, they, you know, haven't been that great in the division <laughs> at home since 2014. So I think that's why it's three points because it's 
what we just, what the topics you just hit on. What is this Packers offense, and can they do anything? Can they can they figure out their identity or start to at least the Sunday against that defense? Um, that that's honestly a question. We'll. <laughs> We won't know until, you know, Sunday, 3.30. Right, right. We're talking with Jim Osarski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Now, it's tough to get the word on injuries sometimes from head coaches. Uh, can you at least update us on, on where you think David Bakhtiari is and if there's any concern over J- Jair Alexander playing against the Vikes? Yeah, I, I, I think there's probably more of a concern over Bakhtiari in that, you know, you got a guy who was popped up as a limited on Wednesday, and you're like, okay, well, maybe just a little tweak, and what does that mean? But then to not practice at all in pads on Thursday, um, you know, we kind of tried to couch it in a way where we know the head coach isn't going to say much, but, you know, the fact that he didn't really allow for himself to say, oh, it's precautionary, and you know, the things he said in camp, basically, when he dealt with, when guys were dealing with things, it makes you kind of wonder, oh, okay, is, is Bakhtiari a real issue? I mean, now today's injury report, um, you know, they don't really practice Fridays like they do, but it's not, you know, as intense. So, I mean, it would be a big deal if he, if he participates in some degree. Um, but Bakhtiari is the big one, because Alexander, yes, the, the knee kind of popping up is concerning, but you feel there's depth that corner and they can make do in coverage, but not having your left tackle <laughs> um, against that front is would be far, far more concerning. What would be plan B if Bakhtiari uh, can't go or if Bakhtiari plays and then has to come out? What's How did they make the adjustment? That is a great question. Our, our Tom Silverstein actually went around that offensive line room yesterday and asked that question, and honestly, guys – didn't really know, and they didn't really want to think about it because they felt they might be putting some bad karma out in the air. Um, my my first guess is that they would kick Billy Turner out to left tackle. Um, he didn't rep a whole lot there during camp. He was, he did a lot more on the right side when Balaga got his planned days off. Um, but I just can't see them trusting Alex Light you know, his first real action as an NFL tackle against Everson Griffin. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it, oh, it, yeah, be like the same re- Yeah, so my guess would be Billy Turner, because he's at least done it at the NFL level, and then you, you kind of plug in either Alton Jenkins, Lucas Patrick, you know, at that guard spot. All right, give us a couple of keys for the game, and who, who are you picking? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think easy for the Packers, it, it stopped the run. You know, I think you do want, even if Alexander's limited, you do want Kirk Cousins to lift it, you know, 30 plus times. I think if you're going to pick your poison, you want to go with a quarterback who, frankly, is, you know, the, the king of average in this league. Yes, he can be good, uh, but he can also turn it over and, and not be so good. So um, I think I want to see if this Packers run defense is truly legit against a team that will commit to it uh, offensively. I think it starts the other way. Um, that offensive line in that run game. I mean, I, I think that was one of the reasons it looked so ragged against the Bears. You know, 3-3 right. three, so, three and outs, negative 12 yards. Um, so, I, you know, I'm going to assume Bakhtiari plays, and, you know, I do think the Packers' defense is legit. I, I think this is another low-scoring, kind of ugly 
game. I'll, I'll go with the points. You know, I'm, I'm going to go um, 16-13. Super. Packers. I, I think it's just, I, I think I think they get to 2-0, but it's going to be a struggle. All righty. Appreciate your thoughts. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk again Monday morning. Thanks, Jim. All right, great. Sounds good. Talk to you then. Jim Osarski is brought to you by Metro Ford and Metro Kia of East Madison. Here's some numbers, Ben. Minnesota is 5-1-1 one one in the last seven games against Green Bay. It's the best seven-game stretch in 117 games played in this series. How about that? 6-1. and one. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Since 1993, all right? I got some numbers, too, for you. Go you ahead. want them? Diggs, Thielen, last year, two games against the Packers, combined for 37 receptions, 461 yards, and five touchdowns. Keys is shutting those two down this week. Well, Cousins averaged 43 pass attempts in the two games against the Packers last season as yeah. well. But they're getting away from that. They're managing Cousins, or at least it looked that way uh, last week. When dropped back. At only 10 passes. Yeah, dropped back 14 times through 10 passes. One last stat. The Packers are 12-8-1 against the Minnesota Vikings when Aaron Rodgers has been their starting quarterback. I like those odds. Bring it on. We'll uh, talk more Packers football, second hour of the show. Tom Oates from the Wisconsin State Journal. Oates, will join us at 7.15 right here on Lucas in the Morning. Newton in the shotgun. McCaffrey behind him. Snapping Newton starts it. to leak to the right. They snap it to McCaffrey, who fakes a handoff. Trucks left. Stiff arm. It's going to be close at the one-yard line. It'll depend on where they mark it. The yeah. mark is not there, but the shake short. Buccaneer football. He didn't make it. It's time for me to look myself in the mirror and, you know, do some real soul searching because I had opportunities tonight, and um, I didn't get it done. Wow, that was Cam Newton. He didn't get the ball there in that goal line situation. Fourth and one from the two-yard line with a minute 22 left in the game. Christian McCaffrey was stopped short, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers edged the Panthers 20-14. to 14. I don't know if you watched much of the game last night. There was a weather delay, and it was the Buccaneers and the Panthers. Probably not a whole lot of interest for you. I watched 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Fantasy purposes only. I have Jameis Winston on my team this year. Well, so. you should be happy he didn't turn it over. He did that, not That this might week. be a first in his life. Well, and, and the only reason why I took him this year is because of his head coach, Bruce Arians. He's like a quarterback guru. God, you know, he's good at yeah, coaching Yeah, look what he's working with. I, I mean, know, Winston but there's got to be pick, something there. He threw two pick sixes in the opener. Oh, well, believe me, I know that. But there, there is talent there. I he's got to so. have the coach who oh, can. Right now, if you could take either or. Jameis Winston, who was 16-25 for 208 yards, a touchdown, zero picks, three sacks. Cam Newton, 24-50, zero touchdowns, zero picks, three sacks. There's an age difference, but if you had to take one or the other, who would you take today? I don't know how healthy Cam Newton is. And, and, and can Cam Newton be just a drop-back passer? Why did he have the ball in his hands on that final play? That's and a great I question. Most people feel Christian McCaffrey is the best player on that team now, offensively for sure. Right. But he only, last night, McCaffrey, 16 carries for 37 yards. He had two catches, so they they snuffed him out. Greg Olson 
one of the great tight ends, six catches, 110, and then Chris Godwin, eight receptions for 121. So that takes care of your fantasy football league update. There you go. Uh, it was it was a hard game to watch. Now, there wasn't much crowd reaction uh, because of the rain, because of the lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody, I, I didn't notice anyone doing the wave. Uh, but if you're doing, if you're planning on doing the wave Sunday at Lambeau Field, don't. And that's the request from Aaron Rodgers. He, he wants you to be excited. He wants you to be enthusiastic. He wants you to be loud. But he has a problem with the with the wave. You know, my only ask is is that we don't do the wave when we're on offense. <laughs> Other than that, man, be as loud as you want. I don't understand that. The wave is a silent chant, cheer, whatever from Maybe the crowd. Maybe it's a distraction. How's it a distraction? I don't know. He says it is. I'm He's, taking him at his word. And that is one of the reasons why Aaron Rodgers forever will bother the hell out of me. I love he him as my core. Yes, he bothers me, and he gets under my skin for stupid things like that. Well, there you go. That's, uh, that's a total California would you, thing. Would you say go it's out f- there and be soft in the West Coast. Get right, away from right, me in the right, Midwest. Kingpin. Would you say it's fair <laughs> that he also got under the skin of, skin of Packers, Todds, and Ends? Yeah, I would say that. All right, so this is a segment that we run every once in a while uh, when we feel it's timely, and given the conversation that Aaron Rodgers has had about the wave, Let's run it. See what we find. It's time for a Todd Talk. What are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about, right? With Packers, Todds, and Ends. Hey, guys. Packer, Todds, and Ends here. So the cat's out of the bag. Aaron Rodgers is anti-wave. In a recent interview, he stated, my only ask is that we don't do the wave when we're on offense. That's beautiful. Look it. I love my quarterback. Never did the wave, and if you did, cool. But here's the problem with the comment. Now, every fan base, especially Minnesota's, Chicago's, and Detroit's, will do the wave when Rodgers is on the field, and the wave will go faster and faster and faster until he gets seasick. My advice to Aaron when on the road, try to ignore it. If that doesn't work, take Dramamine motion sickness pills and keep your eyes on the horizon. Go Pack Go. How can you beat advice like that, right? Just pop huh? a Dramamine. Else, tell me this. Good. Where else are you going to hear Packer, Todd's, and Ends? Where else? Um, Nowhere! Nowhere. Nowhere! Uh, thank you. <laughs> a little sappy, but thank you for yes. being who you are, one of the most loyal listeners to our show, along with PA guys. Yes, and radio stations survive because of listeners like yes. Packers, Todd's, and yeah. so we appreciate it. He listens to the whole lineup, at he least does. the morning lineup, at yes. least the lineup from Madison. A little inside radio, he's a P1. That's yeah, what no Packers, Todd's, and Enns is. All right, so one more statistical uh, argument for Aaron Rodgers against the Vikings. He has seven career games with passer rating of 130-plus against Minnesota, the most by a quarterback against one team in NFL history. How's that? Wow. Does that make sense to you? It does make sense to me. I'm just sort of in astonishment. Yeah, there you have it. That's but, all you need to know. So you have picking the Packers, giving the three, taking the pack. I am not concerned about this game. You're not. I'm not. But see, I also say that hesitantly because I still have so many damn questions about the offense. Well, we have some questions about the offense, too. I'm going to pose them to Tom Oates. At 7.15, then we'll talk a little Brewers, Cardinals with Tom Hodricourt at 7.30, and then we'll punctuate our show, put an exclamation point on it with Matt LePay, the voice of the Badgers at 7.45. We have Uncle Lukey's list, 
maybe even uh, a revisit of the truth being stranger than fiction Ooh, at the like top that. of the hour. All of that, much more coming up on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. You say it's your birthday. Here's Uncle Lukey. Thank you very much, Eddie Gaga. Let's start with Rascal Flats. Joe Don Rooney is 44. He must have been named after Joe Don Looney, one of the great college running backs of all time. You ever hear of Joe Don Looney? Nope. Uh, he was kind of a loon, too. Who I loved him. Who did he play for? Was it Oklahoma, I believe? Was he, had, that, he had a little bit of an NFL life. Was that under the old, uh, oh, what offense did they run for? The wishbone? I can't remember for sure. I, okay. I, I'm guessing Oklahoma. Look him up, Joe Don Looney. And now, that's a football name, right? That is a football name. That's got to come out of a, a, a Texas novel, a Pete Jett book. I'm trying to find this dude. Oh, my God. When did this guy play? When did he play? Well, he's dead, number one. Oh, yeah, I didn't. We're not celebrating his birthday. He played in the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, Joe Don Looney. And he is out of Texas. So, where did he play? Did he play at Oklahoma or at University of Texas? Texas. Okay. Uh, Texas Christian. See, TCU? TCU, yeah. Wow. I was well, really off on that. Joe Don. But isn't that a great name? Yeah. Real football player? No, he played at Texas. He's All a right. Longhorn, but he's from. Boy, I insulted. It's a good thing he's not around. He'd be really pissed at me calling him an Oki, playing for the Sooners. Didn't he Wait. play at Detroit, too? Wait. He played at Texas. Then he dropped down. Then he rolled at TCU. Then he got kicked out of that school and went to Oklahoma. Sounds like today's athlete. Oh, my. See, I was right. You were right. Wow. Damn it. <laughs> wow. Okay, let's get out of this rascal flats. Yes. Uh, Metallica. Who's turning birthday? Who's birthday today? Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine. He was Mustaine. in the band for not a very 58. long time. He is more known for what band? I have no idea. Megadeth, who fell under the 4th of July curse this year at Summer. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fest. Ozzy was supposed to play first. He got ill, couldn't make it. Dave Mustaine and his band, uh, Megadeth, announced. Then he found out he had cancer, so they had to cancel this wow. year as well. More information than I bargained for. Ricky, <laughs> Ricky, <laughs> uh, that's all right. Ricky Weeks is 37. Yeah, he was a pretty exciting player for a 246 career lifetime average. 14 years in the bigs, 11 in Milwaukee. Had one big season, 2010, 29 home runs, 83 RBIs, 264. There was something magical at times about Ricky Weeks. He was really hot or he was really cold? There was no in-between with him. They didn't have the velocity, that whole thing. Right. I love this swing, too, while he rocked the bat. I always thought he hit the ball as hard as anyone when he made contact. Yeah. He just... Got honored in Milwaukee, the Wall of Honor with J.J. Hardy and Trevor Hoffman. All right, segueing now to Chicago, Peter Cetera. Ooh. 75. Former, He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, former lead singer. No doubt about it. Your guy, Matt Patricia, is 45. Is he, like, on some cart or something right now? Did he have AC or not ACL, but uh, Achilles tendon thing? Patricia? 
Yeah, I thought I heard Clay that? Travis talking about it this morning, how he's wheeling on a little cart. They're going to wheel him right out of Detroit if he doesn't <laughs> win some games. It's man, true. Man. Eddie Pinero, your favorite place kicker in the NFL. The entire offense for the Chicago Bears in their opener. He kicked yeah. a 38-yard field goal. He's 24 years old today. Soccer player. Out of University of Florida. Well, congratulations. Soccer and hockey. Uh, Brad Johnson, 51 years old. Played for the Vikings for seven yep. years. Led Tampa Bay to a Super Bowl and a win over the Raiders. Uh, the first quarterback in NFL history to complete a touchdown pass to himself. <laughs> right? Had a deflection. Uh-huh. Ran three yards with the ball and scored against Carolina. Only one other quarterback has done that completed a pass to himself and scored that quarterback is blank blank Brett Favre Marcus Mariota oh, okay all right so now we'll put a little village people in the background Randy Jones is 67 he'd be the cowboy okay we'll use oh, this God. as a backdrop he'd be the cowboy uh, uh AJ McCarron celebrating a birthday today 29 years old uh McCarron a journeyman uh, as far as a pro quarterback obviously won a national championship with Bama 2011 BCS, uh, but he's also known for something else. For at the time, dating a Catherine Webb and Brent Musburger is noted for what he had to say about Catherine. You see that lovely lady there? She does go to Auburn. I want to admit that, but she also this Alabama, and that's AJ McCarron's girlfriend. Okay? Wow! I'm telling you, quarterbacks, you get all the good-looking <laughs> women. Ah, it's a what a beautiful woman! Wow! He's AJ's doing Whoa. Some, some things right down in. So if you're a youngster in Alabama. Start getting the football out and throw it around the backyard with pop. Oh, man, did you get <laughs> criticized for that? That was Kirk Herbstreit who, who chimed in. Brent, whenever Brent's asked about it, he says, what? She's a beauty queen. What do you want me to say, dude? What Go was ahead. wrong with what he said? Stating facts. That'd be the kingpin of the water bowl. <laughs> oh, God, don't, don't, don't do that. Well, the truth is stranger than fiction. That could have probably really fit into <laughs> this category, right? That's coming up next on Lucas in the Morning. Good morning, patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Wow, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. John Arias is in South Carolina with fast basketball. He just basketball, texted volleyball. me too. He's listening. The volleyball, not basketball. I apologize, John. I screwed up. John Adias is in South Carolina. Why he's listening, I will never know. <laughs> but uh, the Badgers will play South Carolina later this afternoon in volleyball. You can hear it on one of our stations, can't you? Yeah, I believe it will be on 100.9 here in Madison, 100.9 FM. I will say this. John is really skilled. To be able to do what he does with volleyball, I don't know if you've ever been to a match. It is so fast, so fast. He does a tremendous job with the play-by-play. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, very hard to do that on radio. I can only imagine. He's in a, an elite circle of guys who can do that nationally. Mm-hmm. It singles himself out with his with his work all the time. Just wanted to make sure that if he's listening, you hear that, John. All right, so John's not here. We got the kingpin of the water bowl. Gentle Ben on the keyboard. Good morning. Uh, programming notes, uh, 7.15, we'll talk 
with Tom Oates, sports columnist, Wisconsin State Journal, 7.30, Tom Hodercourt, Matt LaPay at 7.45. I think we should go right into the truth being stranger than fiction sometimes. I don't know if you remember, recall from the Browns getting just battered by Tennessee. <laughs> there was one sequence in the game where they intercepted a pass and the Titans were celebrating on the sidelines and yep. some fans were throwing beer on them. They threw beer on him. Serves him right. I do the same thing. Well, so Cleveland has since responded um, and and found out who threw the beer, and it's banned. That what? has banned the fan. Those fans should be applauded. But listen, they banned the fan. Only the fan has countered by saying uh, he hasn't attended a Browns game in nine years and was working a wedding during last Sunday's game. <laughs> so they banned a dude who wasn't even there. That's awesome. How strange is that, right? That is awesome. Well, Odell Beckham Jr. wearing that watch, that was a little bit weird. Well, That's strange, stranger than the truth, too, right? Very strange, and I, I think I heard it again this morning with Clay Travis talking about how that watch probably cost more than the majority of the homes in Cleveland and the suburbs that go to those games. What are you doing? All right, hit the twilight again. Hit One the tw- twilight zone again. So here's Warren Sapp, one Whoa. of your favorite players on Odell Beckham Jr., quoting, you can't wear a $350,000 watch and play like a $2 bill. That don't get it done. It was a nice-looking watch, matched the uniform and everything, but I'd love to see you in the end zone dancing or something. Come on, man. Where's he even working now? I'm not sure he is working. Don't know where he went. Yeah, uh, he had some issues. Remember the story from last week uh, where the fourth grader in Florida was bullied? They had yeah, a college colors day where you want to wear the shirt of your favorite school or college. And the youngster put on an orange shirt and then was a hand-drawn drawn UT design for the University of Tennessee. He just kind of pinned like, it on. Yeah. Well, some people bullied him in the lunchroom. Uh, the word got out. Uh, Tennessee uh, responded in, in, in with a great gesture. I mean, they sold it like, and came out with their own shirt. Yeah. Uh, to kind of replicate it. And all the proceeds are going to an organization to stop stomp out bullying. Yeah. Well, get this now. Uh, University of Tennessee has offered this youngster a four-year scholarship. Really? Fourth, yes. So he'd be a member of Tennessee's class of 2032. That is amazing. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah. We got to squeeze in something else here. Oh, a list. He's got a list, and he's checking it twice. It's time for Uncle Lukey's List. Here's Uncle Listy. Uh, I mean, Uncle Lukey. Well, I was going to add, stranger than truth, how about Team USA losing back-to-back games to France and Team Serbia? That's stranger than truth. Did you see what Brian Colangelo (laughs) said, too? Oh, he's pissed. He made some comments about how these guys that didn't play, we're not going to forget this. We're going to remember that, and he's going to like hold grudges. Well, he was threatening to say that you can't play in the Olympics. Yes. That's dumb. All right, so Sports Illustrated has been ranking the top 100 players in the NBA for every season since 2013. Uh, LeBron James has been that number one player on the list every time except for this year. Ooh. Uh, is it our three, man? Now, listen, James is number three. Okay. Number two on the list is Kawhi Leonard. Is it our man? And number one is Giannis. The freak. Yeah. That is awesome. Uh, the writer who put together this list says no star player invests more into every possession than Giannis which goes a long way for an unreasonably athletic seven-footer with real ingenuity. To an offense, he's a first-class initiator, role man, cutter, and second-chance opportunist. To a defense, he can guard 
expertly in space and help and switches one of the most dangerous matchups for sealing every stop with a rebound. There are so many ways that Giannis can change the course of a game and thus so many areas for marginal improvement to come meaningful. This is the future. This is Giannis's world. And what's even cooler is he's a first-class individual. Great person in the community. He's just, he's a guy that I hope will just stay in Milwaukee his whole career. Fingers crossed. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk some more about the matchup between the Vikings and the Packers with Tom Oates from the Wisconsin State Journal. He's up next on Lucas in the Morning. I think there was a lot of that front. That's a good front. You know, they hold the point really well. You got two great interior guys, and, you know, their backers fly around and make some plays. Their secondary is willing tacklers on the outside, too. So they did a good job with their front. We had a couple good runs in the second half, but, you know, we got to start a little faster. And you'd expect to at home, you know, without the crowd noise being an issue. So we'll look to, you know, start fast in the run game this week. We have to start faster, you know, get the crowd involved early. It's a noon game. We haven't had a noon game here in a long time. You know, it's been the better part of, a, you know, nine or ten months. So excited about that opportunity to be home, get the crowd going early. we got to start a lot faster than we did the other night. Well, I take it from Aaron Rodgers that he wants to start a lot faster than the Packers started in Chicago, and he did allude to a running game that didn't materialize in the opener. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. We're joined now by sports columnist Tom Oates from the Wisconsin State Journal. Good morning, Otsi. How are you? Morning, Luke. You apparently didn't like three three and outs for about minus 15 yards. No, that didn't work for me. I don't think it worked for you either. Didn't work for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> didn't work for Aaron Rodgers either. Didn't work for anybody. No, so you wrote but about But they still won the game, which is, uh, you know, pretty amazing. Yeah, you wrote a column about it uh, this week. What do you anticipate out of the Packers' offense on Sunday against the Vikes? That's, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I think we knew that this offense was going to struggle. It's a new offense, and it's not just new. It's not just new for the backs and the ends and the quarterback. It's new for the linemen. Uh, that some of the some of the zone blocking schemes they're using are are, are fairly new to Green Bay. Uh, one time they did a lot of zone blocking, but they've kind of gotten away from that in recent years. So, I mean, there's just a lot of there was a lot of newness to it, and then. Um, uh, as some people have written and said that uh, Matt Lafleur may have erred by not getting his first team offense at least some work during the exhibition season, which he didn't really do. So uh, I think a slow start was was likely uh, offensively, and then you you put in there that you know they opened with the Bears, who I think have the best uh, defensive personnel in the league, and now they're going against the Vikings, who are you know, in many ways, right with the Bears defensively. Uh, A slow start, I think, was inevitable if you really think about it. Were you impressed, though, with the way the Packers played defense? I'm having a little trouble this week trying to weigh, all right, the Packers are improved on defense, Mitchell Trubisky sucks. How do we we come to common ground on that? What was it? Was it a little bit of both? Well, I don't care who the quarterback was. They put pretty good pressure on the quarterback. They had a lot of hurries and, and they had, what, five sacks? Um, I, I thought all along that with the additions they made and being in the second year uh, of a system, you know, having the system established, uh, and and I, a guy who I think is a pretty good defensive coach in Mike Patton, I thought all along this was this was going to be the year this defense finally got back into the mix and challenged to be a top ten defense in the league. Um, 
Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky isn't very good, but you know he's in his third year and and he's in his second year in this system and and uh, you know, lest anyone forget, they were twelve and four last year. No, I hear you. I hear you. He was good enough to go twelve and four last year. Now he wasn't very good, but some of that has to be due to the Packers' defense, don't you think? No, absolutely, absolutely. I said they're much improved. I like the the speed. I, I, I I was saying after the game that Brian Gutekunst deserves a game ball for not only the draft the last couple of years, but for what he did to improve the defense in the offseason with the, the acquisitions. I mean, that's, to me, whether it be Zadarius or Preston Smith or Amos in the back end, they've already made an impact, don't you think? Well, Darnell Savage is really fast. And they got a, pretty, they got a number of snaps out of Kevin King, who's really fast. So when you throw that kind of uh, – and, and we all know Xavier Alexander's fast and quick, and then you throw the new guys in there. Um, I, I think Darnell Savage is going to be a tremendous player. I, 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 I just, uh, you know, he, he kind of was anonymous at Maryland because in that division of the Big Ten, you know, no one ever hears of the Marylands and the Rutgers and the Indianas of the world, but he was a really good player, and he just reminds me, he's got some Nick Collins in him in terms of speed and explosiveness, and if there's anything the Packers needed, defense is needed over the last seven or eight years. It's speed and explosiveness. We're talking with Tom Oates from the Wisconsin State Journal. Okay, so there's some mystery with the Green Bay offense because we haven't seen much of it yet. How about the Vikings and what Mike Zimmer did with Kirk Cousins in their win over Atlanta? I mean, you talk about game managing. That's what that was all about, right? Limiting them to only 10 pass attempts? That's smart, isn't it? Yes. Um, I mean, Mike Zimmer, if you look at his track record, his history... I think his ideal game plan is to play great defense and run the ball and shorten the game and put pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, uh, that might have been his ideal game plan. Uh, that that might be a team that can survive with a cerebral game manager quarterback. And uh, if if they can get that out of Kirk Cousins and, keep, and they can keep Dalvin Cook healthy, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, a formula for success for that team. Uh, based on the personnel they have. All right, before I let you go, I want your perspective on the Milwaukee Brewers without Christian Yelich opening a series in St. Louis tonight, deadlocked with the Cubs for that number two wild card slot. Um, potentially, where will we be two weeks from today? What will we be talking about? Well, this is obviously a big series. They have to. They can't go in there and get swept. And you know, I don't care with Christian Yelich, without Christian Yelich. Going into St. Louis at this time of year is always a difficult task for the Brewers. And, and as hot as the Brewers are, well, the Cardinals have been just as hot for a longer period of time. So they're playing really well. Um, this is a really interesting series. If the, if the Brewers win two out of three and then you look at the rest of their schedule, I think they're they're in absolutely great shape, with or without Christian Yelich. I mean, it was sure nice that Moustakas came back and, and – uh, you know, hopefully you get Woodruff back and uh, Heroes back, at least on the bench at this point. Uh, you know, maybe they can get these guys back and, and, and uh, they won't miss Christian Yelich as much as you would think, although, you know, we certainly don't. He's certainly one of the best players in baseball. They're starting to write a pretty interesting conclusion to this season, but it's still around chapter number two, isn't it? they got some more well, writing to do. Well, Craig Townsell has... Uh, 
14 players in his bullpen right now, and, and uh, you know, so they're playing their bullpen ball just like they did last year. I don't think that's I don't think that's a, um, a coincidence. I think you know when the way the way their starting pitchers really don't go deep into games. Uh, they need that, and all of a sudden in September, when those rosters expand, you, uh, Craig Council has a lot more tools at his disposal, and ooh, all of a sudden they're winning again. I, I don't think I don't think that's a coincidence. I really don't. Oatsy, thanks for joining us this morning. Have a good weekend. All right, Luke. See ya. Tom Oates, sports columnist, Wisconsin State Journal. We'll talk some more about Cardinals Brewers with Tom Hodricourt. He's up next on Lucas in the Morning. about due to launch one out of here. No balls and a strike. And a high fly ball to right field. Brinson going back at the wall and it's gone! Ryan Braun with a two-run home run. You call it B.A., right? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There you got that fastball. Right in his wheelhouse. Just everybody contributing, you know, up and down our roster. Everybody's contributing to us winning games right now. I think the bullpen deserves more credit than anybody else. They've just been phenomenal. We're asking a lot of them. We have a lot of depth out there. There's a lot of guys in the bullpen right now that feel like they're throwing the ball better than they have all season. So it's a recipe for success, I think. Uh, and we're confident. We've been in this situation before. We went through it last year. We played games that we felt like we had to win every day, and, and we're on another good run right now. Brian Anderson with the play-by-play. Ryan Braun with the big fly. The Brewers with another win. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Our baseball insider, Tom Hottercourt, is brought to you by Miller & Sons Supermarket, your family grocer in a world-class store in Verona and Mount Horeb. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good morning, Michael. How are you? Not too bad. A week ago, we were looking at the Milwaukee Brewers as being on life support. What has been the difference during the seven-game winning streak? Oh, you stole my line. You said, what has been the difference? I was going to tell you, winning every game. That's been the difference. There you go. Um, and their pitching, their bullpen has been incredible, especially with what they've asked them to do. Um, five straight games now, the starter has not even gone five innings because I don't think they really care whether he does or not. It's all about how they have designed the 27 outs on any given day. And there's just enough offense. I mean, obviously, it's not the same without Christian Yelich, and it's gonna, that makes it infinitely harder for them. But they are getting healthy other than him, finally. You know, they Stocks is back in the lineup. He had a huge game right away. Hero sounds like he's getting closer to being back. So, as best as a team can move forward, missing one of the best players in baseball, at least the other guys are starting to get healthy, and maybe Brandon Woodruff as well. So, um, it just helps to get some guys back. They were playing shorthanded for a very long time. Ryan Braun kind of alluded to the feeling that he had last year when. The Brewers went on that late-season run, uh, the positive vibe. Are they nearing that point again with, you know, obviously different personnel and chemistry? 
it's a different situation. Every year is different, but they do remember, you know, what it was like to be really hot in September last year, and they did have to win their last eight games of the season last year just to uh, get to win the division. If they were lost any one of them, they would not have won the division. So they had uh, themselves in a situation last year where they had to win almost every game. And they're sort of in it this year, but it's just a completely different situation. It's uh, not just them and the Chicago Cubs. It's like half of the rest of the National League is in the wild card hunt as, as well. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about the wild card, but the Brewers haven't given up on the division yet. And they're going to have a lot to say this weekend about whether that's a realistic goal or not. If they win two games in St. Louis or even or or sweep, which would be unbelievable, you know they'd be right in the thick of the division race as well. So, you know they have they got two different paths they're looking at, and uh, they're feeling good about themselves right now, and that's big. Well, the Cardinals have a, a challenge after the Brewers. They play the Nationals for three games at home, and then on the road to Wrigley for four, to Arizona for three, and then they close out the season with the Cubbies at home. So the Cubs and the Cardinals could knock off each other, maybe create an opening for the Brewers. Well, that's, that would be the Brewers' goal, to stay close to both of them and, and then see what happens. The, the Cardinals, as you just noted, have a very difficult finishing schedule, all teams fighting for the playoffs. So if they win the division... They're going to really earn it because they're playing a lot of tough teams. So it's going to be a very interesting situation. A lot of those East teams are playing each other, too, down the stretch. So the Brewers need to get through St. Louis you know, in one piece and then come home. And we'll see how they do against the bottom feeder teams. You know, the Cubs went out and lost two games in San Diego, so the Padres aren't rolling over. No, They have no. one of the best players in baseball. And then the Cubs have to open up a 10-game homestand uh, starting today, so you get the – they get the Pirates, the Reds, and the Cardinals at four before closing on the road where they've been horrible all year in Pittsburgh and St. Louis. I want to ask you about Trent Grisham. What have you seen out of him? What was the question? Trent Grisham. What have you seen out of him? Well, you know, he's had spurts where he's had done a lot of damage offensively. He's a very talented uh, player. He had a great season at double-A and triple-A this year. He's a former number one draft pick, so he was expected to do well, and then he kind of spun his wheels a little bit in the system for a few years. And now he's found himself, and he's still very young. He's 22. So uh, they like him a lot. Um, he, he has a, a lot of talent. Right now at a time where Braun and Kane can't play every day because of injuries, yeah, he's going to be huge, and especially also with Yelich gone now. So they're all of a sudden banged up really big in the outfield before it was in the infield. And so... Uh, He's going to get a lot of chance to play here, but he's really his stock has really risen this year. And at age 22, all of a sudden, he has a very bright future. From what you understand, who convinced Josh Hader to use a slider? Maybe the other hitters. <laughs> I mean, how many home runs can you give up on fastballs before you start using your slider more? I don't know what took him so long to start fixing it in, but he's been a completely different pitcher since he did. It got him over the hump, and I don't think he's given up a home run since he started using a slider more either. So I, I'm not sure what all the fastball mania was about with him in the first half of the season. Obviously, he was working most of the time early on, and then he fell into that that two- or three-week spell where he's given up a lot of home runs. And uh, he decided he had to do something better. And uh, it's a good thing he did. He's He's been back to his old self the last few weeks, and he's been a dominating pitcher again. 
Tom, what are the odds we'll look back on this season? We'll look to that 3-2 to two win over the Cubs on a Saturday night at Miller Park with the double by Yelich driving in Tyler Austin as, as being the turning point to something improbable. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they closed five games on the Cubs in six days. As you said, last Friday morning, we were talking about the bad position they were in. They had lost the first game of that series, five games out. I don't think anybody in Brewerland would have said, well, we're going to make up these five games in the next six days. And, you know, you don't see the six-game winning streak coming combined with the Cubs going one and five over that period. So, you know, if they would have, if they would have peeled a few games off and just kept peeling games off, they'd feel pretty good about it. But all of a sudden, boom, here they are right back in the thick of it, tied with the Cubs quicker than you can blink an eye. So we'll see. There's got, you know, they got uh, this series and then two more weeks to go. And, uh, only one off day in the interim, so they got to keep plugging. And uh, at least they're playing meaningful games. We weren't sure that was going to happen for a while, but it is now. I I tweeted yesterday that apparently the way the Brewers roll is they tread water for five months and then swim like Michael Phelps in the six months. It's a good line. It's a good line. It'll be yeah, interesting. Their mo right now. It'll be interesting to see what we're talking about a week from today. Tom, thanks. Have a good yeah, weekend. Yeah, will. Thanks, you guys too. Tom Hordecart from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. When we come back, we'll be joined by Matt LePay. He's up next on Lucas in the Morning. I would love for the students to stay there for the whole game, but that's a choice and decision they got to make. Uh, but all these things affect the program, right? Because, you know, people come and we have recruits here, and they want to see a full house and all that. So everybody wants to be a part of the team. Everybody wants to be number one. But everybody don't want to do what the beast does. Everybody wants to be the beast, but they don't want to do what the beast do. So everybody's got to make a sacrifice. You want to be the lion? Everybody got to do something. Everybody wants to be number one. If I ask that whole student section, hi, right, do you want to be number one? Nobody would put their hand up and say, I want to be number four. They would all say, we want to be number one. But are they willing to do everything to be number one? That's another question. You can ask them that. I don't know the answer. That would be Nick Saban. Our Badger Insider, Matt LePay, is brought to you by Middleton Ford. If you don't see the Middleton Ford logo, you pay too much. MiddletonFord.net. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. I played that just to amuse you because it, he always amuses me. Nick Saban does. <laughs> And he's one of those who can get away with it, ripping the students. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, when you've uh, when you have twenty seven national championships uh, what, or whatever his uh, his number is, uh, yeah, he, he's usually once a week. Uh, there's the, the the topic of the week. It'll recycle every so often. Um, I would say one thing about that that clip though, and and we hear it all the time here, right? Anybody who thinks that's just a student thing might want to move out of mommy's basement. Um, the stu- it's noticeable because there is a student section. If you had a 50 and over section, a 60 and over section, you might see gaps as well. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, I love Saban, <laughs> respect him, but I, I do get a little, I get bored with the let's beat up the students for not showing up. No, on I hear time. We all wish everybody would. We all wish everybody would. They don't. And, but, Saban is always good for he's always good for a soundbite of the week. And then the thing is, everybody's dealing with the with the same issues uh, in college yep. football. I mean, it's it's not isolated to any one program or 
one city. Uh, before we talk a little bit about the Brewers and the Cardinals, I want to ask you about Xander Neville. Uh, he's been forced to give up football after trying to get back after knee injury number two. Um, the one thing you admire about Xander Neville has to be not only his commitment to the football program, but just his overall commitment to being a student athlete, a genuine student athlete at this university. Yeah, he's brilliant. You know, brilliant student. And I, I, I admired him or do admire him for working so hard to, to try to get back to play a game he loves. I mean, you, you have to love it, right? I mean, especially if you're a guy like Xander Neville, you, you're, you're good to go with what you've done academically. You know, you're in line to have a really nice career for yourself. Um, but he wanted to keep playing football as, as long as he could. And I guess if there's any silver lining to this he can look back and say i did everything i could it just wasn't meant to be uh to to finish out the, his football career the way he would want uh, but he's uh you, you know as paul christ always says or even as craig counsel earlier in the week with the yellich injury you think about the player first i mean clearly this is a hit with this team because they're they don't have a they don't have proven depth at the tight end position outside of jake ferguson uh, really, um, uh, but but for Neville, you know he's going to be okay. You just you feel badly for him that his football career couldn't end on his terms, but he's going to have a pretty good life ahead of him because he's so dedicated in the classroom. Indeed, you mentioned Christian Yelich. How do the Brewers continue to grapple with his absence over the next two weeks? Well, I guess uh, you know they they've actually won two thirds of their games when he hasn't played. So you take that for what it is. I mean, obviously it's, he's the MVP, right? He last September he had a lot to do with the Brewers having a spectacular September. But what what they're doing now, and I think Ryan Braun talked about it after yesterday. It's one or two different guys every game. It seems you know Braun. It's a two run homer yesterday. Aaron Perez. It's a two-run homer earlier in the series. Uh, I don't think any of us at the uh, even midpoint of the season had Drew Pomerantz, Ray Black, and Tyler Austin playing major roles for this team. Um, you hear that term team win all the time, and it, it, it used to make me roll my eyes, but it really doesn't anymore because that's how these guys are getting it done. There's the star power still, even without arguably the best player in the game in Yelich, but it could be a veteran like Braun, it could be a Moustakis, or it could be somebody that was completely off the radar at the beginning of the season, or even at the All-Star break, for that matter. It seemed like the Cardinals and Brewers played every game the first month of the season. Now it comes down to a three-game <laughs> series in St. Louis. will tell us a lot more about the direction the Brewers take, correct? Yeah, the, Car- yeah, the Cardinals have been a, they've been a really good story. They pitch like crazy. And that's been a big plus for them. Paul DeYoung has had a breakout year. Matt Carpenter's had a tough year. They they haven't had Molina, or they have now, but he missed more than a month. But the fact that they're that the Brewers are are in this with a different cast of characters doing a lot of the heavy lifting as opposed to last September, uh, you know, they 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 just go out there and let it rip. See what happens this weekend. But knowing that still the Cubs and Cardinals play each other seven more times, and you still have to keep your eye out, and certainly with the Mets and, and the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, they were red hot, and now they're, they're in a skid. You know, I think even, even if the worst-case scenario unfolds this weekend, they get swept, they're not out of it. 
but they're in a obviously it would hurt them significantly. But the schedule lays out there's a great opportunity for this Brewers team. I know Fangraphs has them still as a low percentage uh, team with a chance to get into the postseason, but you know these guys right now they seem to have a little magic going for themselves and. And who knows, that's the beauty of it right now. You watch tonight's game and you wonder who's it going to be tonight if the Brewers are going to win. It could be a Spangenberg. It could be Perez again, Trent Grisham. You just you don't know, but right now this team really seems to be believing in itself. It'll be interesting what we're talking about on Monday after this series to see if we feel the yeah, same way about it. Yep, absolutely. Thanks. Have a good weekend. We'll talk on Monday. Thanks, Matt. All right, Mike. Take care. Matt LePay, the voice of the Badgers. When we come back, last call. Mike Heller joins me next on Lucas in the Morning. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Last call with Mike Heller. Some foreshadowing going on in those two sound bites. You had Craig Council talking about the work the Brewers still have to do, and you had Aaron Rodgers talking about honoring the late Bart Starr on Sunday. And I know you have developed a relationship, a friendship with the Stars. Uh, over the years, that's going to be a special addition, an add-on to a game, a huge game, Vikings and the Packers. Yeah, you know, um, Cherry had come on uh, back in the spring, and this was the game that they were planning on coming to, and she thought at the time that this would be the last trip to Green Bay for her and Bart. It didn't materialize. He uh, Bart passed away on Memorial Day weekend. But, yeah, there there is a, there's a special bond between the Starr family and, and Green Bay and Wisconsin fans overall that has never faded with time. I mean, it was just because I think because of who they were and are in, in Cherry Star, um, that relationship pretty strong, probably the strongest of any former player uh, team fan base relationship that I've witnessed. So here are your matchups. Uh, Hauser versus Wainwright tonight. Lyles versus Flaherty on Saturday. Chase Anderson versus Michael Waka on Sunday. Yeah. You excited? What, what, what excites you more, yeah. uh, the Cardinals and the Brewers or the Vikings and the Packers? Yes. <laughs> all right. That's fair. Yeah, I was telling uh, Ben, the time we get all to we this... need is Michigan and Wisconsin playing oh, tomorrow instead of a be? week from tomorrow. Now, that would be too much on your plate. By the time right? we get to Sunday and Packers-Vikings, we'll have a pretty good idea of sure. Brewers-Cardinals. You know, if they split the first two, I think on if you really were going to be honest about it, the hope here is don't go in there and get swept. You take well, one, that's worst case scenario. Yeah, you take you take one of these games. I mean, you take two. I don't think you can you can live in the world where you're trying to get where you realistically think you can get three, but you get one or two. Everything's fine. The, the schedule is soft coming out. But uh, you, you have you to, got a really good homestand after this. But the Cubs have an even better homestand because they play ten games in a row. Yeah, now against they, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati for the first. But uh, and then they six. get the Cardinals for yeah. four. But then you got to be careful here not to rush to judgment again because the Cubs could really gain some momentum with this 10-game homer. But then they have to go back on the road where they've stunk all year. Yeah, yeah. right, but it's in Pittsburgh and then St. Louis. St. Louis won't be But then you wonder about what St. Louis is playing for in the final three. Are they just setting rotation? Uh, You know, where are they? I'm sure the Brewers aren't going to say it publicly a lot. They feel like they can win the division. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see what happens in the next three days. And that's the schedule at the end of the year. So, so you know, they, they, they haven't won impactful. seven. They've won seven games in a row. Now, that ties the high water mark. Good time to get hot. You never know when you're going to get hot. This is a good time to do it. And then the Brewers will close in Cincinnati and Colorado, right? So yeah. A lot of things happening. 
Should be a great weekend for the yeah. sports fan more so than anything off. else. Yeah, be watching college football. Yeah, what else will I be doing? <laughs> ben, thank you. Mike yes. Keller's next. Thanks for listening to Lucas in the Morning. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.